Hello, hello, hello. What a blessing and honor for each of you to join us on this special day for the Hour of Excellence. The theme is, it's about our children, our outstanding dignitaries who are destined for greatness. Let's continue to love and pray for our children because they are truly someone special. Please enjoy today's presentation. If you think the Earth is the most important spot in the solar system, think again. The sun is the real star of the show, literally. The closest star to Earth, it's the source of all the heat and light that makes flowers bloom. Life would not exist without it. It's also the center of our solar system and its largest object. More than a million Earths would fit inside the sun. Our star's enormous gravity grips the planets, dwarf planets, asteroids, comets, keeping them from spinning into deep space. We wouldn't have a solar system without the sun. Despite its importance, the sun isn't unique or particularly complex. Its average in size and middle age compared to the billions of other stars in our galaxy. And although the sun accounts for 99.8% of the total mass of our solar system, it's really just a big ball of gas. A process called nuclear fusion converts hydrogen to helium deep in the sun's core, where temperature is 18 million degrees Fahrenheit. Fusion creates energy that travels to the sun's surface in a journey that lasts a million years. The core will run out of hydrogen gas eventually, which will put an end to our fun in the sun. But fear not, that day won't come for at least another 5 billion years. Let's sing to Mr. Sun. Children are asking, asking 
did you know it takes 8 minutes and 20 seconds for the light leaving the sun to reach Earth? The light from our next closest stellar neighbor, Proxima Centauri, takes more than 4 years to reach Earth. The sun actually creates weather in space, a stream of charged particles called solar wind. Sometimes these particles erupt from sun spots, cooler regions of the sun's surface, as solar flares that can knock out power on Earth. And our sun rules the solar system on its own, but many stars share their systems with a second or third star. Imagine having two or three birthdays. A solar system is a star system. We take a moment to introduce the star of our system. Our star, the one and only sun. I am a yellow dwarf star. There are much bigger stars, but they're out so far. I'm 4.6 billion years old. In the prime of my life, if truth be told, I could fix a million nurses in me. My massive gravity pulls on planets and asteroids, comets and space debris. I am the sun, the star of your solar system. Lies of food you humans eat Water, gas, vitamin D Though at night she's hard to see I turn to water at dawn Just don't look at her too long Get those sunglasses, sleeves, hats And sunscreen on Big solar flare coming out to you You orbit me, but I'm moving to 230 million years to go around Nearly 700 times the speed of sound Around the Milky Way, and I bring you in I bet you never felt anything as hot as this Of course, 15 million Celsius And that's hot for this in your interest I love you so Feel the heat that you get from me That's my nuclear fusion energy Without me there's no life I'm a giant The sun is about 93 million miles away from Earth. If you could drive to the sun in a car, it would take more than 170 years to get there. Eight big planets orbit the sun, including Earth. 
The sun is huge, more than a million earths could fit inside it. You will always see sunrise in the direction called the east. During the day, the place where you see the sun changes. In the morning, the sun comes up. This is sunrise. When dark nighttime turns into bright daytime. By lunchtime, the sun is high up in the sky. But remember, do not look directly at the sun. It is so bright that it can hurt your eyes. In the late afternoon, the sun is low in the sky. Soon it is sunset as the sun disappears from sight. Then it is nighttime again. Sunset is always in the direction called the west. I'm a star called the sun. I'm the center of our solar system. You revolve around me as we fly around the galaxy. All of the planets in our solar system, they and illustrated by Greer Alex Bacon. And God said, Let there be lights, 
in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. Genesis first chapter 14th verse. Dear sunshine, I want you to know that even though you are way up there, you are keeping me warm all day. When I am splashing in water, I stay warm because of your rays. The flowers and trees count on you because you help them stay tall and green. You might be closer to the stars in the nighttime sky. Just so you know, planet Earth counts on you too. From the deer in the forest to the frogs on the lily pad, each animal loves the warmth you give them. I know you are there when the skies are snowy. I know you are there when the skies are rainy. I know you are there, sunshine, all ready to shine after the thunder sounds are over. You are twice as pretty when there is a rainbow. You give us sunrises. You leave as sunsets. All fruits need your light. All veggies need your warmth. Thank you, sun, for being so bright and bringing us warmth and light. The End According to my calculations, we are now approaching the sun. It's getting pretty hot in here. I'm so hot. I'm so hot. Check me out. Check me out. I'm hot. Yo, everyone. I'm the sun. I'm made of gas like hydrogen and helium. I keep the earth warm and help to grow food. I shine on the beach on guys who say, I set into the west and on comes night. And then I rise from the east with that golden light. I'm so hot, so hot and bright. 28 million degrees Fahrenheit. I make plants grow like trees and flowers. So powerful. Got that solar power. Make the deserts dry. Make the oceans rise. Don't stare right at me. I can hurt your eyes. I'm just about a million miles wide. I'm so big you could fit a million Earths inside. I'm the center of the solar system. Can't you see? Got so much gravity. Planets orbit me. I'm four and a half billion years old. In Spanish, everybody calls me soul. When I'm not around, you'll be feeling cold. Yeah, I shine so bright with my rays of gold. I'm so hot. I'm so hot. Oh, he's right. He's really hot. Come on, story bots. Show me what you got. How hot am I? So hot. So the sun is so hot. So I have to wear these. Now I'm cool. So cool.
gave up. Ronnie did not. Ronnie always did what he set his mind to. Dedicated and tough, through and through. As a boy, he bought shoes that were red as fire. The commercials said they'd make him fly higher. So with all of his effort and all of his might, Ronnie prepared for his very first flight. But all his excitement and thrill didn't last. He jumped through the air, but came crashing down fast. It 
It was after his unfortunate plunk of a tumble that Ronnie felt something inside start to rumble. He sat there a bit, somewhat battered and bruised, and brooded across from his new pair of shoes. Maybe these shoes won't make me jump high. Maybe it's me and how hard I try. That rumble in Ronnie is what we call grit. A voice that encouraged him, don't ever quit. Grit followed Ronnie as he grew and grew. Every time that he played or tried something new. He was skilled at sports and that helped him thrive. But Grit always urged him, continue to strive. Grit had a voice that was strong and impactful, but Ronnie still needed to learn to be tactful. Like when his coach said, throw as hard as you can, and he knocked someone over. That wasn't the plan. Respect those around you, his dad would say. Ronnie listened and learned along the way. In high school, Ronnie joined the football team and suddenly knew that he had a dream. When he put on his helmet and all of his gear, he felt that same rumble. His purpose was clear. While he missed some tackles and dropped some balls, he never gave up or stopped giving his all. When he fell, Grit told him, get back up again. When he lost, Grit said, I know we can win. His mistakes were chances to try a new way. And tomorrow was always a brilliant new day. Years passed, and he joined a professional team. Ronnie and his grit were achieving their dreams. Sometimes he got hurt, and sometimes his team lost. He kept doing his best, no matter the cost. One fateful day on the football field, he was put to the test, and his grit didn't yield. Ronnie got hurt. It was really a zinger. He arose from the play, losing part of his finger. But even that didn't stop him from reaching his dream and inspiring others, including his team.
Today, Ronnie's football days are past, but his grit stays strong and always will last. He continues to give everything his all, whether teaching kids or playing ball. Every time he helps inspire someone, every time he cheers on his daughters or sons, Grit is helping him follow through. Give this life all you've got. I believe in you. Have you listened closely to that voice deep inside? The one that's telling you never to hide? Next time you're down or feeling blue, remember that grit lives within you too. It's the whisper that says, yes, you can, yes, you can. It's the belief in yourself. It's your greatest fan. It's never too late to call up your grit, your own tiny voice that rumbles. Don't quit. Winfrey. Welcome back to People in the News, Little Fox's biography show. This week we'll be talking about American talk show host Oprah Winfrey. She's one of the richest and most successful women in the world today. But Oprah wasn't born wealthy, was she, Ben? No, Olivia. Oprah was born into poverty in 1954. She spent her first six years living on a farm with her grandmother, Hattie Mae. The farm was very isolated, so Oprah's only companions were the farm animals and a doll that her grandmother had made from a corn cob. Despite not having any money, Hattie Mae was able to introduce Oprah to books, teaching her to read at a young age and instilling a strong love of learning. By the time Oprah was three years old, she was memorizing speeches and performing them at church. People were amazed by the little girl's talent for public speaking. But life changed for Oprah when she was six. She went to live with her mother, who didn't place much value on education. She complained when Oprah read books, and she accused Oprah of thinking she was better than other kids. Suddenly, Oprah was being told that she shouldn't be smart, and this was very confusing to her. But Oprah's interest in learning couldn't be suppressed. When she started kindergarten, she quickly realized that she was brighter than many of the other students. So she wrote a note to her teacher saying she was too smart for kindergarten. The teacher agreed, and the next day, Oprah was moved up to first grade. Oprah eventually went to live with her father, who insisted that Oprah get good grades. Another important influence was her fourth grade teacher, Mrs. Duncan who encouraged Oprah to read a lot and often stayed after school to help her with schoolwork. Most importantly, though, Mrs. Duncan taught Oprah that, despite what anyone said, Oprah should be proud of herself for being smart. She's never forgotten that important lesson. After winning a beauty contest when she was 17, 
Oprah got a job as a newscaster at a radio station. During her sophomore year of college, a local television station offered her a job as a news anchor. Oprah was only 19, and she was already on TV. That was a difficult time for Oprah, though. She was starting her television career while still going to college. She went to classes in the morning and then worked at the station until 10 o'clock at night. She often stayed up until 2 or 3 in the morning, studying and doing homework. How did Oprah go from being a news anchor to having her own talk show? Well, Oprah wasn't a very good news reporter. When she was talking about tragedies, crimes, and other events, she often got upset and showed too much emotion. So the station moved her to an early morning talk show where she could be herself and interview guests in a more relaxed atmosphere. After filming her first episode, Oprah knew right away that hosting a talk show was what she wanted to do for her career. In 1984, Oprah moved to Chicago to host another talk show. Oprah did really well, and the show's name was soon changed to The Oprah Winfrey Show. Within a few years, it was the most popular talk show in America, eventually turning Oprah into a billionaire, as well as one of the most influential people in the world. The Oprah Winfrey Show ended in 2011. While it was on the air, it featured interviews with many famous people but it also broadcast many inspiring stories about ordinary people who had dealt with tragedies or overcome challenging circumstances. Oprah often used her show to talk about important social issues, such as race, child abuse, and AIDS. She was open to talking about her own life, too, which was a big reason for her popularity with TV viewers. In one famous episode, she invited her former teacher Mrs. Duncan on the show. Many years had gone by, but now Oprah could tell her favorite teacher just how important she had been to Oprah. It was a special moment for both women. Oprah's show also provided an opportunity for her to share her love of books. She started a segment called Oprah's Book Club, in which she selected a new book to read each month. Audience members read the book along with her, and at the end of the month, Oprah invited the book's author to appear on the show. Most of the books Oprah chose became instant bestsellers, and her segment encouraged millions of people to read. Oprah is also passionate about acting. In 1986, she was nominated for an Academy Award, an important film industry award, for her role in the movie The Color Purple. Her interest in movies led her to start her own production company, Harpo Productions, which has made several movies based on books Oprah likes. But Oprah isn't only involved in the entertainment business. Over the years, she has frequently used her enormous wealth and influence to do important charity work. In 1998, she created Oprah's Angel Network, a charitable organization that encourages people to volunteer and help others who are less fortunate. Oprah's Angel Network has helped to build homes and schools around the world, as well as provide books and school supplies for disadvantaged students. In 2007, Oprah established a new boarding school in South Africa the Oprah Winfrey Leadership Academy for Girls. Oprah is very involved with this school for academically gifted girls. And guess what, Olivia? She even picked out the girls' bedsheets! Thanks for the interesting report, Ben. It sounds like Oprah has never forgotten her own poor childhood and the important role that education played in her success. Well, that's it for this edition of People in the News. See you next week, Little Fox readers. Nothing or 
one more powerful, smarter, bigger, or better than God, and He lives inside you and me. That means I am incredible. I am incredible. I am very capable. I am very capable. I am more than unstoppable. I am more than unstoppable. With God, I am unconquerable. With God, I am unconquerable. I am blessed and highly favored. I am blessed and highly favored. Jesus Christ is my Savior. Jesus Christ is my your opinions of me is not my reality. Your opinion of me is not my reality. God made me powerful, loving, and disciplined. God made me powerful, loving, and disciplined. Nothing can stop me from being who I want to be. Nothing can stop me from being who I want to be. Fear will not stop me. Disappointments will not stop me. Disappointments will not stop me. I am a child of God. I am a child of God. I am validated by God. I am validated by God. Since God is for me, it doesn't matter who's against me. Since God is for me, it doesn't matter who's against me. God knew me since the beginning of time. God made me amazing. God made me amazing. I am meant to do great things. I am meant to do great things. He made me on purpose. He made me on purpose. I was made in the likeness of God. I was made in the likeness of God. I am compassionate and full of humility. I am confident because I know that God favors me. I am confident because I know that God favors me. I am courageous and won't let failure stop me. I am courageous and won't let failure stop me. I am set free because I know the truth. I am set free because I know the truth. And the truth is that God is all powerful. God is all powerful. He is all knowing. He is all knowing. God created everything. God created everything. He lives inside of me. He lives inside so of me. Sometimes it's easy to notice when kids seem to feel good about themselves and when they don't. We often describe this idea of feeling good about ourselves as self-esteem. Kids with self-esteem feel liked and accepted, 
feel confident, feel proud of what they can do, think good things about themselves, believe in themselves. Kids with low self-esteem are self-critical and hard on themselves, feel they're not as good as other kids, think of the times they fail rather than when they succeed, lack confidence, and doubt they can do things well. Why self-esteem matters. Kids who feel good about themselves have the confidence to try new things. They are more likely to try their best. They feel proud of what they can do. Self-esteem helps kids cope with mistakes. It helps kids try again, even if they fail at first. As a result, self-esteem helps kids do better at school, at home, and with friends. Kids with low self-esteem feel unsure of themselves. If they think others won't accept them, they may not join in. They may let others treat them poorly. They may have a hard time standing up for themselves. They may give up easily or not try at all. Kids with low self-esteem find it hard to cope when they make a mistake, lose, or fail. As a result, they may not do as well as they could. How self-esteem develops. Self-esteem can start as early as babyhood. It develops slowly over time. It can start just because a child feels safe, loved, and accepted. It can start when a baby gets positive attention and loving care. As babies become toddlers and young children, they're able to do some things all by themselves. They feel good about themselves when they can use their new skills. Their self-esteem grows when parents pay attention, let a child try, give smiles, and show they're proud.
As kids grow, self-esteem can grow too. Anytime kids try things, do things, and learn things can be a chance for self-esteem to grow. This can happen when kids make progress toward a goal, learn things at school, make friends and get along, learn skills like music, sports, art, cooking, tech skills, practice favorite activities, help give or be kind, get praise for good behaviors, try hard at something, do things they're good at and enjoy, are included by others, feel understood and accepted, get a prize or a good grade they know they've earned. When kids have self-esteem, they feel confident, capable, and accepted for who they are. How can parents help build self-esteem? Every child is different. Self-esteem may come easier to some kids than others. And some kids face things that can lower their self-esteem. But even if a child's self-esteem is low, it can be raised. Here are things parents can do to help kids feel good about themselves. Help your child learn to do things. At every age, there are new things for kids to learn. Even during babyhood, Learning to hold a cup or take first steps spark a sense of mastery and delight. 
as your child grows, things like learning to dress, read, or ride a bike are chances for self-esteem to grow. When teaching kids how to do things, show and help them at first. Then let them do what they can, even if they make mistakes. Be sure your child gets a chance to learn, try, and feel proud. Don't make new challenges too easy or too hard. Praise your child, but do it wisely. Of course, it's good to praise kids. Your praise is a way to show that you're proud. But some ways of praising kids can actually backfire. Here's how to do it right. Don't overpraise. Praise that doesn't feel earned doesn't ring true. For example, telling a child he played a great game when he knows he didn't feels hollow and fake. It's better to say, I know that wasn't your best game, but we all have off days. I'm proud of you for not giving up. Add a vote of confidence. Tomorrow, you'll be back on your game. Praise effort. Avoid focusing praise only on results, such as getting an A, or fixed qualities such as being smart or athletic. Instead, offer most of your praise for effort, progress, and attitude. For example, you're working hard on that project. You're getting better and better at these spelling tests. Or, I'm proud of you for practicing piano. You really stuck with it. With this kind of praise, kids put effort into things, work toward goals, and try. When kids do that, they're more likely to succeed. Be a good role model. When you put effort into everyday tasks like raking the leaves, making a meal, cleaning up the dishes, or washing the car, you're setting a good example. Your child learns to put effort into doing homework, cleaning up toys, or making the bed. Modeling the right attitude counts too. When you do tasks cheerfully, or at, or at least without grumbling or complaining, you teach your child to do the same. When you avoid rushing through chores and take pride in a job well done, you teach your child to do that too. Ban harsh criticism. The messages kids hear about themselves from others easily translate into how they feel about themselves. Harsh words like, You're so lazy! are harmful, not motivating. When kids hear negative messages about themselves, it harms their self-esteem. 
Correct kids with patience. Focus on what you want them to do next time. When needed, show them how. Focus on strengths. Pay attention to what your child does well and enjoys. Make sure your child has chances to develop these strengths. Focus more on strengths than weaknesses if you want to help kids feel good about themselves. This improves behavior too. And last, let kids help and give. Self-esteem grows when kids get to see that what they do matters to others. Kids can help out at home, do a service project at school, or do a favor for a sibling. Helping and kind acts build self-esteem and other good feelings. And now please enjoy I Like Myself by Karen Beaumont. I like myself. I'm glad I'm me. There's no one else I'd rather be. I like my eyes, my ears, my nose. I like my fingers and my toes. I like me wild. I like me tame. I like me different and the same. I like me fast. I like me slow. I like me everywhere I go. I like me on the inside too. For all I think and say and do. Inside, outside, upside down. From head to toe and all around. I like it all. It all is me. And me is all I want to be. And I don't care in any way what someone else may think or say. I may be called a silly nut or crazy cuckoo bird. So what? I'm having too much fun, you see, for anything to bother me. Even when I look a mess, I still don't like me any less. Cause nothing in this world, you know can change what's deep inside and so. No matter if they stop and stare, no person ever anywhere can make me feel that what they see is all there really is to me. I'd still like me with fleas or warts or with a silly snout that snorts. <coughs> or knobby knees, or hippo hips, or purple polka dotted lips, or beaver breath, or stinky toes, or horns protruding from my nose, or yikes with spikes all down my spine, or hair that's like a porcupine. I still would be the same, you see. 
I like myself because I'm me. Thank you for listening. Along this walk, we've learned that a few trials could come. And many a wind would blow. A few friends would come. And many would finally go. But in the words of our founder, we, the Thomas Whitfield Company, along with family and friends, have learned to say, Hallelujah, anyhow, anyhow, praise God. Anyhow, anyhow, praise your Jesus.
Stop.